0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, on SiriusXM, Channel 81, you can check the home broadcast from Ole Miss football. David Kellum and the guys on there at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. I think it's 1 o'clock Central Time on SiriusXM, Channel 81, SXM app. Search Ole Miss or Ole Miss Rebels. I'm here, joined by Bill Flowers. I am Stephen Willis, and we're going to do this extra edition of video. Bill, just so you know, we are in the middle of a outer band of a hurricane. So if anything happens and goes wrong, bear with me, bud. Will do. So how, Will, how far? Good are we... luck with that. I hope you guys don't get too much of it. Right. I think it's going to go by. It's heading up towards like Tallahassee, but it's going to go right up the coast beside me.
1: Okay. Well, your your lawn will look good
0: after it, at least. I, I told my wife that we don't have to run the sprinklers on um, this week. So, yeah, that's right. But pretty excited about that. Anyway, with the um, first game against Mercer coming up this weekend, Wayne um, Kiffin is still playing the game of not naming a starting quarterback, and it's going back and forth and everything. So I want to ask you about this because I think you've, you've had it happen both ways. And I think I asked you this last year as well. How important is it for you having to know the person that is the quarterback by this point?
1: Uh, I think with this, I think every situation is different. I think this particular situation, um, I think the players know, I think the players know it. Um, but like when we had the three-headed monster, you know that that was odd. I mean, there was no uh, th- it, that was that was the strangest thing I've ever been a part of. With three different quarterbacks rotating in first down, second down, third down, nobody getting put the you know that that was odd. That 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 wasn't good. Um, I think for this particular situation, I think it. I think the players know. I think the coaches are. I think Kiffin's wanting to do the same thing that, that, uh, that Saban's doing. He's doing the same thing. He's like, listen, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let anybody know what I know. Um, and I've got a theory of what's going to happen. Um, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, you, you, you have your offense put into place. You've got the the reps that are, that, that are taking place. The only people that are angry about this is the media, um, that they want to feel like they're able to uh, report on what they want to report to. So Kevin's going to do his job. He's going to play the way he wants to play. And the receivers, the running backs, the linebackers, the defense, they're all doing the things that they're going to be doing. Nothing's different everybody's getting the reps. So I don't think it much makes much difference.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I was just curious about that. And and now that you mentioned the three headed monster, okay. That year, that, that 2004 season, they went down to tiger stadium and played Robert Lane. It was like a precursor to what urban Meyer did with Tebow, like three years later, talk about what you think that that offense could have evolved to if cut would have gotten 2005.
1: So I mean I think definitely with you're saying what could have happened if he would have kept Lane in there and and did more of the the offense that you see today.
0: Yeah, that 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 quarterback run offense that was made yeah. famous basically by Tebow and all that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean I think we definitely didn't have the. I mean, you you were running a pro style offense. Uh with with him but if you would have if you would have designed that offense to around around him he that was perfect he was lane was was uh was a tebow you know that was his that was his style of offense i think it would have it would have played really well in into his into his skill sets and quite frankly i mean you look back and you think man maybe that's that, that's what he should have done um and quite frankly, you look at Spurlock. I mean, uh, you can't get a better athlete on the field than Michael Spurlock. So, you know, in reality, that's what that's what Cuckliff was was hoping for was that Michael was going to be able to be a Michael Vick, um, and to bring his athleticism into into play and to be able to be a uh, an X factor. Unfortunately, quarterback is a extremely uh difficult position to play you have to you know michael played in the nfl for what five six seven years in special teams but not everybody can be a quarterback so um robert lane he i think that if that if, if ad- adapted yeah that would have been that would have been awesome
0: yeah I, I've always wondered about that because that's, you know, back in the time when I was walking through the building and all that. So I got yeah. to see all that firsthand. Um, you know, week one of the uh, you're getting ready. Let's say Wednesday before the first game. So you're getting ready to play, I guess, Memphis or Vanderbilt, whoever, whoever your first game was, what, what was your practice? Like, what was your mindset? Like, what was the first week? Like, um, this le- week leading up to the opener? You're
1: just, you're just excited to be able to play against somebody else besides you. And, uh, I think you're, you're, you're going through the motions of of getting ready to play. Um, uh, you're, you know, that there's going to be some, some rust to knock off and, uh, uh, you're just excited about it. I mean, you're, you're running around. I mean, these, these guys are, are great athletes. They understand what's, you know, what's to be expected. Um, so I think that just your regular routine, uh, but you're getting to play against somebody now, I will say playing against a Mercer, um, you know that's more of a mental challenge. That's more of you know you going in, you know I would like I would like us like to see us play two lane more so than, than Mercer, but I feel like that's probably something you know, right now these guys are looking at as a scrimmage. This is a real life scrimmage that is taking real life fire, but they're going to be doing the same thing, focusing on, you know, this is the offense that's installed. And they're know the foundation, understand it, get your get your mind right. And, you know, those butterflies or the excitements, you know, there that you're about to play somebody besides yourself.
0: Um, with Zachary Franklin being injured and there's kind of a wide receiver two opening for time being, there's a, there's a chance that somebody can step in and yeah. create a larger role for themselves in all yeah. this, which, which players out there are you looking at to take I think
1: that a- step? I think Aiden Williams, you know, I, I think that, that that's going to be the guy that, that has the biggest opportunity, um, to, I, mean, I think he's, he's got the size he's, he's, he's been showing himself to to really be doing well. So I think that will be, that will be the, the, the big one. Now I'll tell you the, it all depends on what, on what we're running, but you know, I think you're going to see if they can get the ball out of their hands quickly, you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a different offense than you saw last year.
0: Okay. And, Caden Priest-Korn, tight end from Memphis, obviously yes. doing really well. Um, I, I I sat there and I did a deep dive, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, um, about the middle of the field that we've we've harped on basically for nine months. And yep. Malik, Heath, Malik Heath was actually pretty good last year. And, and he was the lone Ole Miss receiver that was pretty good in the middle of the field. Now with Caden priest corn and with Trey Harris and those guys, I, I think this might this might look a little bit more like 2020 than 2022
1: well this has this has nothing to do with the receivers it has all to do with the inability of the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand quickly last year 100 percent 100 there was that was it um uh i've you know you don't if you don't call plays across the middle if you don't if you don't do it those receivers are really good I mean, Malik Heath. I mean, he's a he's a great athlete, hmm. but you you call the plays to be in the middle of the field. You you do your RPOs and get the ball out of your hand quickly. You're you're allowing. I mean, listen, we talked about it. There were numerous times where we had third and you know third and six, third and five, uh, and it's cover three or you know the cover the coverage is off at least you know eight yards, and you've got to hit the hitch if there's a hitch route called, you do not, you don't look for the deep ball and then come back to the hitch. You get your, you get the ball out of your hand quickly. And so those are the things like it has nothing to do with the receivers. So I feel like if they can, if they can have the ball over the middle of the field, use your tight ends, get the ball out quickly, it will be a different, it will be a different uh offense. And, Quite frankly, I think last year, even with the receivers they had last year, you get the ball out quickly, call them over the field, it would we probably win at least three more games.
0: Well, um, this is a theory that I have about Jackson Dart, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this because there's a chance I absolutely could be. But Jackson Dart coming from the air raid, and I describe the air raid as ethanol for a quarterback. They teach muscle memory to play the position a little bit different way than other systems do. And so it takes a little bit of time for those air raid type quarterbacks to adjust to a different style of offense. Instead of going through the progressions, which are very deliberate in the air raid system and an RPO thing is much quicker. If this happens, go there. If this happens, go there. Do you think Jackson Dart had trouble with that little muscle memory a little bit?
1: Uh I I absolutely do. And I think um that's part of, you know, making sure that these quarterbacks come out of high school with a cerebral mind, understanding where my progressions are. My brother's part of a, you know, he started uh, um uh QB collective where the whole mindset was about teaching kids, you know, you can go to any camp to find their to find their their footsteps, but it's more about, you know, cerebrally. How can I think, how can I get, you know, how am I going to adapt and, and, and know the right reads? And that's exactly, I think what's happened is that you've got a guy that's got all the skill sets in the world and he just has to be able to get him on a chalkboard and say, here, are all the different situations that you're going to have, what are you going to do first? you know, you need to learn it on the chalkboard, learn it, your situations, understand your defenses. You know, you take a kid that's not really sure what defense you're throwing at him, and then you're asking him to to, to make a couple different reads and, you know, pre, pre-snap. If he doesn't know what defense you're in, then playing slow is what's going to happen. So I think having an additional year, having uh, a year, you know, of tutelage is definitely – going going to help him
0: talk talk let's see uh you were there was that eli's red shirt freshman year was your freshman year yes so he was behind romero um during that season and you got to see somebody with that last name go through the process so somebody with all the ability all the tools in the world having to play back up and learning how to do it what did you notice from eli um, picking up the offense as it was drawn up, was he like a sponge with Romaro? Was he just like a a savant um, offensively? How, how was he as a young player?
1: Uh, I mean, he, he, Eli was always steady Eddie. I mean, he was, you know, he he never really struggled with uh, picking up the offense. I ever felt I felt like he, you know, coming from coming from the Manning family, you know, you you have a very good grasp of what. Of what you're looking at i mean he had a he had a uh uh was around Cutcliffe, so he to me i never saw a major transition of going okay here's this kid coming from high school as a red shirt really grasping and making a huge transition i never really saw all that maybe he did but i never really noticed it uh you know you, you you look at um, pre-snap reads; he always seemed to do that well. He, um, uh, but again, a lot of that has to come from you know having a brother as Peyton Manning, uh, understanding you know how he makes reads. So that's kind of not a fair assessment. Uh, to like he, Eli is the the outlier, not because of his skills, but probably because of where he came from and what he brings to the table beforehand. So uh, to me, Eli always had a good grasp of the
0: offense. So what does Ole Miss need to accomplish? The hay is in the barn at this point. After Wednesday night, because this is going to air on Wednesday night, the hay is kind of in the barn for the weekend. What what does Ole Miss have left to do? I think Ole Miss, uh, I think the team
1: just has to focus on uh, getting after and doing the things that they know that they need to do despite – knowing who the quarterback's going to be. I think that, you know, again, this is Mercer. So this is, this is a scrimmage and you know that. And so just trying, trying to get your mind right. And to me, it has a lot to do with uh, the coaches. I think the coaches understanding, all right, what, what's our objectives? What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish it? You know, they're the ones, uh, you know, get that game plan down. Um, So, That's, that's really it. Um, And you really take every game as the same, but your natural uh, adrenaline is going to kick in. I mean, if this was Alabama, I mean, you're trying to kind of hold these guys back a little bit, trying to preserve some of the, uh, the energy that, that, that they've got. I mean, right now you're, you're, because it's the first game, you're not really, you know, there's that natural um, adrenaline that's there, but. You you're really trying to keep them saying, "Hey, keep your mind focused. This is Mercer. We have a lot. We you know we want to make sure that we do the right things, um, and keep your head you know out of you know, who's our quarterback. Just focus on your job.
0: You know, um, no disrespect to like Deuce McAllister when you were um, a young player or like Tremaine Turner, but what would have been like if you had a running back like Quinshon Judkins in the backfield?
1: Oh man, you know, it's a, it's a game changer. And I mean, I, I mean, having, I mean, can you imagine having Deuce McAllister in 2003 and, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, I no, no disrespect to, to Vershawn Pearson and, and other guys, but yes, if you <laughs> had Deuce McAllister, you have uh, Junkins, you have, if we didn't, if, if Ronald McClendon didn't was, was able to play and didn't get, you know, didn't get suspended, um, we win the national championship. That's, that's, that's easy.
0: It's interesting. I, I I was sitting here thinking the other day, um, about that LSU game in 03. And it was, um, I guess after LSU was like up 17 to three or when, or or 17 to seven or something like that. And there was a, there was a, like a string of plays where Eli just threw goes to you, like on back to back plays or, or or three plays in a row or something like that, and y'all ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. And I, I was just thinking about that the other day.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that, that that that's a game I like to forget a little, a little bit. Still, still hurts, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, um, yeah, that was that was an environment that you never had to worry about. You know, getting up for was uh is is that game.
0: But I I will. What was it? I will. Go ahead. Uh, What what was it like getting ready for that game?
1: Well, I mean, that's a game where you're having to mentally prepare yourself to to stay in the moment, as as little as the Mercer game is you have to focus on staying in the moment and not getting distracted that you're playing Mercer. It's easy to play down to your competition. Well, when you play a game like LSU, you have to focus on not allowing yourselves to get emotionally, you know, over your skis. You got to kind of stay focused, understand, you know, don't let yourself get too, you know, overly emotional and, and excited and just focus on what you're doing. And I think that's what, the great coaches do is that they they help keep their their players in in the right state of mind uh the entire time.
0: Oh, and real quick before I get out of here. What was code blue? Code blue.
1: And I've been hit so many times in the head, I can't even <laughs> remember what code blue was.
0: And it was like uh, Mississippi State um, the blue jerseys.
1: Well, I, I don't I don't I mean, i <laughs> I don't remember that. I just remember yeah. I, all I remember is, was was us wanting to come out and, and uh and baby blue helmets for the LSU game, but yeah, you usually were either blue, blue, red, or white. Uh, yeah. but I I I will say this: this is going to be interesting to see what they do during the week. So I, I I don't think I don't think there'll be an actual starter named until.
0: Oh, until he runs out there. No, I mean,
1: I, I, I think that, that there's, I think that there's the, the starter won't be named truly until, uh, like a true starter, a true starter, uh, Tulane game or or Georgia Tech. I I don't yeah. think, I I don't think. Again, unless Jackson Dart has 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 evolved so much if i think they have to get real live experience real live experience of spencer sanders and jackson dart understanding who's gonna run this offense better you cannot make a a true decision based off of, of, of mercer i think they need to my hope is that they just absolutely force jackson to make as many throws over the middle and pre-snap reads as quickly as possible. And I would like to see them do that to both. You're not going to lose against Mercer. You, you know, uh, you go down to Tulane, they, they, they can, they can bite you in the yeah. butt pretty quick. Uh, but um, you go to Alabama, you better be ready. And so yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to have a true starter, you better pressure check that person as much as possible because there is no going back at after the Alabama game. By that by that time, I think you will see is you know is Jackson Dart truly that much better than he was last year? Is Spencer Sanders that much better than Dart? You're gonna see it. There's no way that he that that they're not gonna allow allow them to, to both play. Um so that's kind of my theory on that is that I think you're going to have one or two games where you're going to figure out who your true starter is. They're going to, they 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 might flip a coin, and who knows? I mean, unless 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 Sanders is so much better than 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 Dart, I think Dart's going to get the complimentary uh, starter starter name, uh, and then when he plays uh, and gets live fire, that's when we'll figure it out. And again, I think it's going to be hard to to, to crown him crown him the true starter after mercer i think it's going to take Tulane, and then you know maybe georgia tech but i think we'll truly unequivocally know who the starter is by alabama game
0: we better if, if, if we don't <laughs> that, that's not a good thing anyway thanks for making the locked on almost podcast your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast including youtube we're part of the locked on podcast network your team, every single day. Bill Flowers, thank you, man, for coming on. We get yes, to talk sir. to you thank hopefully you. again next week, bud. hi toddy. Hottie toddy.